When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Scott Benjamin, and that's Ben Bolin, and this is High-Speed Stuff. High speed stuff. Oh, you're gonna chime in, were you? I, I yeah. didn't know what, where we were going that with pause, it. Pause, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I surprised you with it. You did, yeah. you did. And we might have a surprise for a couple of people who thought they would never hear from us. Oh, Ben, more than a couple. More we've than got a to, couple. yeah, more than a couple. And you know, actually, I've written back to a couple of these already uh, because these requests come from eh, some of them a long time ago, others recent. Uh, but we finally have gotten around to our. Kind of our engine series, I guess, and where we're talking about different types of engines. Remember, we talked, what was the last time we talked about? Uh, hit and miss engine earlier? Hit, hit and miss engines, that's right. Now, today we're going to cover rotary engines. And uh, we do have a few people that have mentioned it, so I'll just quickly go through the emails and uh, get the names out there, let you know who it was. Eduardo wanted to hear about um, uh, the Wankel rotary engine and why Mazda is, uh, he says, why is Mazda only company to mass produce it? Uh, that's true, but only recently. We'll talk about that. Um, there's also one from earlier this year, and it was Ted. Uh, Ted's from St. Louis. We've talked about uh, or talked to Ted before and answered uh-huh. his mail on on air and uh, via email. Ted uh, was just actually Ted wants to know about um, doing a show about rotary engines and other engine designs that never really made it into production. Um, but he did mention that the uh, the Wankel engine might be something he'd like to hear about too. Okay. Um, but you know, rotary engines, of course, did make it into production. He knows that, but uh, not that specific type. Right. Um, let's see. Next one is from Dennis, and Dennis is also from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. And Dennis also wanted to know about, um, well, rotary engines in general, because he and his wife, I guess, bought one a couple of years ago. This is via the email. A couple of years ago, he, he and his wife bought one, um, had a little bit of trouble with it in the cold weather. And he was wondering why they had trouble with it in the cold weather. And I don't know if I have the answer for that today, but we're going to talk about rotary engines today. Um, but eventually they had to get rid of the vehicle because, you know, they were paying towing costs and things like that. So apparently there was some kind of issue with their rotary engine in cold weather. And I, huh, okay. Hmm, we'll have to look into that maybe. Yes, we'll have to investigate. Exactly. 
Uh, let's see. Then there's um, John, and John is from New Brunswick, Canada. And he says, um, <laughs> likes the podcast. Just going through his email quick here, Ben. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he started listening to Stuff You Should Know. Then this was kind of an evolution that he ended up listening to us. Um, likes to know what's going on in cars, but... He said that he also would like to know about, uh, well, rotary engines, nothing in particular, just saying that um, he just has kind of an, an interest in what's going on inside there, what makes them so different from mm-hmm. other engines, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So this email fits in perfectly with it. Um, he has a couple of things that he says, you know, like that they, um, he mentions that they tend to guzzle oil, and uh, I've never heard they guzzle oil, but I have heard that they're a little bit more... Um, I don't know, on the fuel consumption side. Right, a little less efficient. Yeah, a little less efficient, but um, other good points there. Mm. So that was uh, was John from New Brunswick. And there's one last one here from, from, um, I'm going to say it's Maurizio. Maurizio is the name. And I've actually written back uh, to Maurizio, and, and Maurizio is from Malta, which is in Europe. And said that he's not not technically minded, but um, says that he does like our podcast because they combine entertainment and education. Oh, thanks, man. Very good. And we're, we're uh, very rarely accused of being entertaining. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> or educational. Well, no, I, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so what's he saying? He says that uh, he'd like to know um, about the different types of engine, the pros and cons of each, how they came about, so on. Uh, for instance, what's his boxer engines, V engines, inline engines, as well as rotary engines. So uh, that is the list of, I think it was five people there. Yeah, there we go. We've got Eduardo, Ted, Dennis, John, and Maurizio. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it may have taken us a second, but uh, maybe we should have a drum roll in here for a second. This is part two of our super series on engines. Rotary engines. Rotary engines. That's right. That's it. And uh, so where do you want to get started on this? Because um, they they are truly different. Yeah. Than uh, a standard, I guess, what we'd consider a typical engine, which is uh, an internal combustion piston engine. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- where do you want to go with this thing? Because uh, it's one of those that uh, you got to kind of describe it piece by piece, and right. hopefully they can get somewhere where they can, you know, look online and see what we're talking about. Because mm-hmm. um, you know that's where the, the real you know, that's where it all comes together, I guess. Fortunately, we're rather articulate, so I think we can. I think we can at least help people get a leg up in describing this. The oh, yeah. first question would be: the most immediate question would be, why is it called a rotary engine? Ah, good, good, good question. Because it has uh, instead of having pistons, like we just mentioned, it has it has rotors. And uh, just for instance, um, the RX-8, which is the current Mazda version that has uh, a rotary engine, um, this vehicle has a, it's a two rotor design. So it has just two rotors instead of uh, what would be six pistons or four pistons or eight pistons. Right. Okay. Just two two rotors, and we're going to describe all the shapes of this and what's happening inside and all that as we go along here. But um, basically, the you're saying why why would they use the rotary engine? Right. The benefits there's there's several benefits to a rotary engine, and the benefits to a rotary engine are that it's uh, it's lighter first of all because it's a much smaller design, it's more compact, um, it's a lot less complex than a piston engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the piston engines have, um, just for for example, a, a typical or, or a, a comparable piston engine would have about 40 moving parts for an internal combustion engine with pistons. Mm-hmm. Um, a rotary engine has about three moving parts, if you're talking about a two-rotor engine. If it, you know I like that kind of it, thing. I know. it. it yeah. There's a lot less to go wrong there. Now, um, it just means that it's it's often more reliable. 
mm-hmm. because because of that design. Um, now, there's other benefits that we'll hear along the way here, but those, those are the big ones. It's lighter, just more compact. So you know, it's a, obviously for a sports car that's important. Important because we've talked yeah. about weight, we've talked about um, well, you know, horsepower to weight ratio, and the placement of the engine itself helps it achieve a, a very neutral handling um, capability. So they can they can place it. In fact, in the RX-8, it's placed. It's in the front of the of the car still, but it's behind the front axle, completely behind the front axle, and it gives it this this really outstanding handling. I've never driven an RX-8, um, but uh, from what I hear, they uh, they handle really well, and that's because of the the weight, um, uh, the balance of the car, the distribution of the weight, exactly front and rear distri- distribution. Okay. Um, Couple of downsides. Yeah. If you want to talk about those yes. right now, we'll just get this out of the way, and then we'll get yeah. into the uh, the actual the how these the boats. yeah exactly how these things work. Um, there's a high, there are often a higher cost to build these engines, and that's because they're not mass produced like uh, like a lot of the other engines are. You can't buy you know as many pistons. You, you just don't build as many of these as you normally do because mm-hmm. um, it's Mazda just building them in the RX-8, and they're saying. Well, we need we need to build ten thousand a year, or whatever the order is. That's not like you know the other companies that are buying enough parts for uh, say two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand of a certain type of vehicle every year. Right. Certain certain pistons, certain blocks, certain you know camshafts, whatever it is. Uh, it's just a, a smaller production run. That's all. See, that's and that's one of the questions that I also wanted to ask. Why has Mazda decided to put in a rotary engine? Well, it's uh, they've had fantastic luck with it, and that's that's uh, you know to their credit because um, other companies have tried using this uh, this this design, this rotary design, and uh, I guess we can go back kind of to the early. The, the beginning of this, and we'll work our way up to Mazda and figure out why. Mm. Um, it, reasons that I just mentioned because it's a sports car. It, yeah. it, it's handy to have this type of engine designed for a sports car if you can make it work. Other companies have tried it and haven't really worked out too well. Now, they, they do come in other uh, other flavors, I guess, if you want to say that. Okay. You know, the, um, I remember these engines being in uh, snowmobiles, things like that, um, motorcycles even, mm-hmm. had, had rotary engines for a while. Um, airplanes have rotary engines. Mm-hmm. Some still do. They use uh, they choose to use that because of the uh, the reliability, I think, and the less moving parts. Yeah, that's um, a big one to me too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So this is a um, we can go back to the beginning yeah. and just kind of work our way towards the present. And let's let's uh, cue up in your mind that Wayne's World travel back in time music. Exactly. You know? So just to, just to clarify here, yeah. we are we are talking about the the pistonless rotary engine. Yes. There's another type of rotary engine that is from a long, long time ago. Um, it, I don't even know if they still make these or not, Ben. I, I've got to be honest with you. I, mm-hmm. I've seen them. I, I can picture these in every airplane photo I've seen from you know the, the early 1900s. Though it's the type where um, you, you see all the uh, all the cylinders radiating out from the center. Oh yes, right, yes. right behind the prop of the of the plane, right? Right. That is a type of rotary engine, or it could be a radial engine. Depends on the design of the engine. Now, a rotary engine is where. The, think about this. This is where the the crankshaft stays in one place. The engine block spins around the, cro- the crankcase or crankshaft, rather. Which doesn't seem that efficient no, to me. No, it, it doesn't. But it, I mean, it's just all like once it gets moving, it's yeah. it's, it's efficient. It really is. It was a, a designed for early airplanes. So again, the the block rotated around the stationary crankshaft. If you can imagine that, I can. But still, seems it, exactly. Yeah, and and the other type that looks that, I mean, just to the layman, I guess it. it it looks the same as the 
as a rotary engine. Now, I know that people are going to say it's totally different, but it, it looks similar enough that you would be confused maybe if you didn't know the, the exact differences, uh, is a radial engine. And the radial engine uh, used pistons that, you know, it was like, more like a, a standard engine design in a way, yeah. but it still had the radiating design. But there was a, a, a crankshaft that was in motion inside there, and the block stayed still. Okay. And the pistons then worked in, you know, worked in a normal fashion, I guess you'd, you'd say. Just radiating around the crankshaft. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, again, to clear that up, we're talking about the pistonless rotary engine mm-hmm. when we talk about what, you know, the, the progression that we're going through. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It kind of all started, um, well, I'm going to get, we have to mention Felix Wankel. 
who is uh, Dr. Felix Wankel. Um, he's kind of the he's the developer. He's the one who uh, conceived of this idea in the first place. Uh-huh. And he was a German mechanical engineer. He was born in 1902, so this goes way back. Now, he didn't build the engine in 1902. He was starting to work on prototypes around the late 50s. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, he was into well into his career at that point. Which, uh, which 50s? 1950s. Okay. 1950s. Just he, he, was born in, he was born in 1902, so the 1950s. Um, he first, I, I believe the first presentation of the, the working rotary engine that you know everybody saw in a, in a vehicle for the first, first time. It like was exhibition? In, exactly. It was in the 1960s, early 1960s, maybe even 1960. Okay. Um, I've seen it credited for 60, 61, 62. Mm-hmm. I think it just depends on where you look in the source. <laughs> so this is, as opposed to the hit-miss engine, this is a relatively recent Relatively, yes. Yeah, exactly. Because remember that hit and miss, that goes way back in right, uh, right. steam days. This is, I don't, as far as I know, there's no steam power. This, this goes back to the, uh, <laughs> to the flower children. Yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no steam power rotary engine as far as I know. That'd be kind yet. of cool to see. There's though. none yet. Not yet. Now that I've mentioned it, sure, someone's going to sure. do it. Um, and it uses, uh, it uses the typical auto cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the four cycle stro- four stroke cycle, um, intake combustion. Compression. I'm sorry, intake <laughs> compression combustion. <laughs> I can't believe I screwed that up. Intake. What do you say? Uh, isn't it intake compression combustion, and then the fourth uh, exhaust? Perfect. Good work, Ben. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I wrote that down. Studying earlier. up. Is it on your hand? It is no. not anymore. <laughs> no, not, see, it's not on my it's hand committed anymore. Committed to memory, though, right? No, it is on my head. Oh, just, God, come on. <laughs> I was trying to give you some credit. That's good. Very, very good. But how does it – this is the question people would ask then, and I think this will lead in nicely to what you're about to say. Mm-hmm. The next question is how does this engine go through those stages without a piston? Ah, here we go. This is where it all gets uh, – this is where it all comes together. And, and honestly, I'm going to say that it, it would help you if you're able to get to a computer, mm-hmm. look at this design online, or follow along. There's plenty of animations of this happening. So um, you can could, you could see it. There's one on our site, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Um, Pretty we, good one. Yeah, we do have a How Rotary Engines Work article that mm-hmm. was written by uh, by Marshall Brain a long time ago. Um, I'm sorry, Kareem, Kareem Nice wrote it um but it's it's been there for a couple of years and it's still valid it's still um still accurate but i'll, I'll try to go through the steps here as, as we uh, as we talk basically here here's the way it is it's a real simple design truthfully there are there are several plates that come together in the rotary engine design and uh if you imagine uh the cent- there's a center plate which is um I guess it's a it's a housing really it's a center center plate that has the air intake. Mm-hmm. Then there is the the rotor housing, which is where the rotor ends up spinning. It's a little thicker than one of the uh, one of the end plates. There's a center, a rotor housing, and then a cap on the end. And if you go the other direction, there's another rotor piece and another cap on the end. So you've got this kind of sandwich layer that comes together. Okay. And yeah. in there you've got this, the rotors. When the rotors are um, triangular shaped. Well, for lack of a better word, pistons. Mm-hmm. Not really a piston like you would think of, think of, but I mean, again, you have to look at these to understand exactly what I'm talking about. But um, they're they're a three sided piston that, or something that acts like a piston, I should say, because what it does is it spins on these uh, on the crankshaft has, has um, eccentric lobes. They're not they're not shaped um, you know perfectly circular. Of course, yeah. they have these odd shapes on them, and that's what drives the um, drives the rotor. Around within this uh, this chamber, oh, okay. around okay. around the rotor housing, and the rotor housings have an unusual shape as well. You'd have to see that to understand again. Sure. Kind of pinches in the middle, kind of like almost like a peanut would be shaped, huh. if that makes sense. Yes, you, like big at the top, 
small in the middle and yeah. bigger at the bottom. And um, all four cycles are accomplished within that little, that small area with the air intake, mm-hmm. uh, the, the compression, the combustion with, with two, uh, two spark plugs because it has a, a longer combustion chamber than, than a normal uh, or standard um, internal combustion engine would have. Mm. And then the exhaust port, which is really just a, a hole or an opening on the side. Um, so it's, it's really, really simple when you watch this thing happening and what's, what's going on. But um, in addition to having fewer moving parts, the rotor has, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the rotary engine uh, also spins slower than a standard um, ICE engine because, or ICE, because um, for every, how does it, how does it work here? It's a three to one ratio. So for every time the crankshaft spins, uh, or the crankshaft spins three times for every one revolution of the piston. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're getting a lot of output for yeah. the input that's being handled by the one revolution of the, of the rotor. That's a that's a heck of a ratio too. Yeah, it is. It's pretty good. So they've got a, it runs a lot slower. Two are all that's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting so every time around, I guess, um, if you've had a two rotor assembly, I think you're getting the same as six cycles. Is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's three to one. Yeah. So it's a it's a really interesting design, and I, I'm probably not doing much justice for the uh, for the the, uh, the operation here at all. But it's really really kind of cool to watch this thing happen mm. and, and watch it a few times. Really pay attention to you, you know, when when the intake's happening, mm. the position that the rotor is in, how it seals because on the on the ends of each of those uh, those edges of the triangle, there's a blade, a metal blade, and that keeps the seal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know the chambers are sealed off from each other. But watch how those chambers um, expand and contract for each different cycle, and you really you'll, you'll really learn how this whole thing comes together, how it works. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet, and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously, it's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott, I got to ask you, on behalf of Eduardo, John, Dennis, Ted, Maurizio, Mm -hmm. um, let's say they want to see one of these engines Working, you know, operating in real life mm-hmm. uh, outside of the internet, which is you know not my specialty, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't want to see the Mazda. Where where's another sort of vehicle that they could see a rotary engine? Oh my gosh, I don't. I know. mean, some of those planes, I guess. Yeah, so. some of the, well, some of the planes, but that's the old style. Yeah, that's the old style. Um, if you want, I guess I'm sure a lot of race cars have have mm-hmm. rotary engines mm-hmm. because of size and weight. You know, they use yeah. the Mazda engine. Uh, but really, Mazda is the one who's doing the mass production of these engines at this point. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the snowmobile manufacturers are still using the uh, the rotary engines for you know this. I just I'm not familiar enough with snowmobile, mm-hmm. um, you know, the guts of snowmobiles to to know if they're still doing that or not. But I know that a long time ago. Now this is getting off the subject already. But let's go um, off the subject right, just a little bit. But I remember that a long time ago when I was in shop class, you know, in high school. Aside from picking up fashion tips from my uh, shop teacher, I uh, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yes, yeah. Right, right. Um, I remember someone talking about using a snowmobile engine, like these Wankel design engines, a rotary engine for a go kart, and how unbelievably fast you could make a go kart with a with a, uh, a snowmobile engine. Because you're oh. talking like something that's meant for a much larger machine that weighs a lot more. Sure, and it, you may have fifty or fifty five horsepower. That fits in the space, you know, single rotor design that fits in the space of what normally would be a five or seven horsepower engine that you could put on a go kart. And I'm sure there's a lot of modification that was necessary for this to happen, but um, I was always kind of halfway looking around for something like that, you know, to, to just appear, you know, that I'd be able to, to mess around with. But I never found one. Not yet, it. at least. Not yet. And I still have that go kart. So you still have that go kart. I do. I guess there's always that chance. But you know what? It would make it insanely fast and mm-hmm. dangerous. Um, well, you know, you'd have to worry about brakes, and you'd have to worry about you know, because it would just overpower everything. That just I go, just only drive on straightaways. <laughs> only drive <laughs> it on the straightaway. Excellent solution in a residential neighborhood hey, without other, speed bumps. One other quick thing that I want to mention here: yeah, um, the 2010 RX-8, which is uh, you know, it's, it's got something called a Rensis engine. It's just a, um, and I don't know if I know even what that stands for. The Rensis, I think it's just like the next generation. I, I looked it up of somewhere. Rotary engine. Exactly. Something, I've got something. it. You know what? I've got it in my notes here somewhere. Okay. I will try to find it by the by the time we finish this podcast, right. but I don't think so. I got a pile of notes. So, anyways, it's a two rotor rotary engine that that 
it, it was able to get the uh, the engine of the year for the international competition, um, international engine of the year in 2003. So that gives you an idea that this wow. is a pretty pretty strong engine. Yeah, right around 230 horsepower, 240 something like that. I'm, I'm guessing. I, I forget what it was exactly. 230 Not too something. Bad at all though. Pretty good. And um, the other thing about the RX-8 is that you can if you if you pay ten, a careful attention to this, I've been watching this for a couple of years. If you look at the very lower front edge of an RX-8, yeah. right in the front center, right down near where you know would bump the curb, uh, you can you can see the uh, the shape of the rotor at the very bottom of it. They've got a lot of these uh, these design accents that that show you the shape of the rotor. You know, it signifies that this is a rotary powered car. Huh. There's one at the front, it's chrome, and at the bottom. There's one at the back that's chrome, and at the bottom in the center. And I believe there's some on the engine, you know, like just a, of course covering the you know the engine cover. And I know that the 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 headrest for the seats have the same cutout shape as the as the rotor. So oh, you'll nice. see this this triangular design, and that's that's to signify that this is a rotary powered engine, a rotary powered vehicle. Um, and of course, you can buy a bunch of accessories that have things like that too. Like the wheels can have that shape in them as well. Would you Would you drive a uh, Mazda like this? Yeah, sure. Of course I would. Yeah, it's, uh, it's supposed to be. Now I know they say that uh, the rotary design is a little less fuel efficient. Right. Um, and I hadn't heard this bit about maybe it being unreliable in the cold weather. I don't know about that. I can't. I we'll can't have confirm. to look into that. That'll go hand in hand with snowmobiles. Yeah, exactly. In I, our can't, episode. I can't confirm or deny that. Yeah. But yeah, good point. You know, snowmobiles are meant to be out in the, uh, out yeah. the snow and cold. I don't know. We'll have to figure that we one out. We can check into this. But uh, I, I think I would. I mean, I think they're supposed to be real smooth operating, mm-hmm. real, real quiet, um, very powerful for the size. Well, what about you? Would you? Uh, I think I would. I think I would like it, but if I'm gonna get a non-conventional engine, you know, wishes or horses, mm-hmm. I, I'd I'd like to try a turbine car. Would you? Yeah, it just seems like a really strange and innovative idea. A turbine car? A turbine-powered car? Yeah. Turbine remember we did an car. earlier yeah. power, uh, an earlier podcast on that. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> you know, a rotary engine would be pretty cool for me living since we live in. Uh, urban area, so our fuel efficiency, you know, I just don't drive as much mm-hmm. as I would like to. Yep. And I might not be able to drive as much as I would like to if I had a rotary engine. So you're putting less miles on the car, and uh, you feel that this wouldn't be, it'd be negligible at that point, right? Yeah, and, you know, between the two of us, you're a bit more of the speed demon, so the, the performance we could get out of that, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll hitch a ride with you. Fair enough. Fair enough. How about some uh, listener mail? Sounds good. All right, so Scott, Ben from New York uh, writes in, and he says, Hey, Scott and Ben, and he just, I'm not going to do a voice. I'm not going to do a New York voice. Yeah, not going to. Uh, I, I don't want to offend him. Um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> even, the, even Matt is, is giving us a hard time. All right, well, Ben from New York, we're, we're going to read your letter real quick. Uh, hey, Scott and Ben, just finished listening to the How Armored Cars Work podcast. When Ben bought up armored vehicles for scientific purposes, I thought of submarines. Ah. Pretty good call, huh? Very good, yeah. The intense pressure of the sea at many leagues deep requires submarines, both military and otherwise, to be heavily armored and fortified. Now, Ben goes on to say he's not exactly a submarine expert, but he imagines a submarine will be able to take quite a beating. Hmm. All right, so fish with guns. Fish with guns. Protect yourself against that. (laughs) Against Uh, the the depth. The depth, yeah. The depth, yeah. So that's it. The the idea is that the construction, heavy construction like Mm -hmm. that is similar to... Uh, something that we use to carry money. 
Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, what I'm basically, right? yeah. And you know, it's neat because we haven't gone out into the water too much, uh, I guess, conceptually so far. But it, it was cool to have somebody write in and tell us a, another armored vehicle. It's pretty smart. I hadn't thought of some. How did we miss submarines, man? I mean, I, well, you know why? Because we were thinking of protection from uh, thieves, yeah. I guess. Yeah, from yeah. Theft. Uh, from you know someone doing something like uh, like blowing up the road beneath you, and, sure. uh, you know shooting and you know, that type of thing. We weren't thinking uh, just atmospheric conditions. You know that you know the, the pressure all around you is enough to crush the vehicle that you're in. Yeah, the angry, unending rage of water pressure, <laughs> That's right? right? So um, thanks, Ben from New York, for writing in uh, to let us know that we love listener mail because it lets us uh, see some things that we might have missed, learn some things we uh, we might not have learned otherwise. And we're going to head out. We have got to get, let's see, what, what do we have to do, Scott? Oh, we got a bunch of stuff to do. We have to, uh, I don't know. We have to do a bunch of stuff. Oh, we have, to, uh, we have to take a look at our Facebook and our Twitter page. Oh, yeah, we've got a Facebook and Twitter page. Mm-hmm. High um, speed stuff. High speed stuff, that's right. And we've also got a Twitter account now, so you can follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, there's always the blog. You mm-hmm. can find the blog on the homepage if, you, if you're looking for that. And uh, besides that, we've got a ton of great and interesting uh, auto articles that you can just take a look at anytime you want. All of these things are both free and interesting. And if you think if you think they're not, please uh, spare Scott right into me, and and <laughs> and we'll work it out. But uh, hopefully, you find those fascinating. So fascinating, in fact, that you've looked through all of it, and there's something that you still don't have an answer for. And in that case, please write to us with your questions and send that email to HighSpeedStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Be sure to check out the new High Speed Stuff blog now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.